you one may have to rely on oneself educating their gastroenterologist. Do not ever let someone say, oh, I don't believe in it. It's not real. That is like not accurate. Challenge them to stay up to date with the, the literature. Bring your own literature. Bring the, the labs with you or the uh, studies with you. And also, if that's not a fit, go find another doctor. So naturopaths, uh, a lot of them are aware of it. A lot more now, thanks to DDW and these big conferences, Digestive Disease Week and these big conferences, which are um, seeing papers presented about SIBO much, much more. I mean, but SIBO has been around, like go to PubMed, type in SIBO. You'll see from ages that it's been talked about. You are listening to The Dr. Haley Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you optimize your health. Each episode, there will be an interview or a message to help you discover better health. We will be featuring health radicals on the show to bring new ideas to the table, as well as doubling down on key fundamentals to support you living your best life. Your host is no other than the founder of Haley Nutrition, Dr. Michael Haley. Siobhan Sarna is not a doctor, but rather having suffered years with digestive problems, she was eventually diagnosed with SIBO. She found reliable information for treating SIBO hard to come by. Out of her frustration, SIBO SOS was born, a place that brought the experts of the world together. She is the author of Healing SIBO. She's created courses, masterclasses, summits, a documentary series, and more. I'm Dr. Michael Haley, and you are listening to the Dr. Haley Show. And today we have a, an incredible, incredible guest. I'm so excited. In fact, one of the most common questions that I get is going to be answered today. We're going to get help from someone that knows more about this than anyone I've ever come across. Today's guest, Siobhan Sarna. Siobhan, thank you so Hi. much for joining me. Hey, Doc, it's good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to really love this conversation because SIBO is so near and dear to my heart. And uh, before we started, when you said, you know, there are a lot of people out there that can be dangerous when it comes to SIBO. And you're so right, because it can go terribly wrong, terribly quickly. Yeah. And for the most part, I'm helping people that have gut issues anywhere between the mouth and the anus. And when we, uh, and and there's hundreds of inflammatory bowel and problematic conditions, but SIBO, very focused in the small intestine, other areas are going to be affected by it, of course. What can you tell us about SIBO? What is it? And why do you know so much about SIBO? Well, I'll try to make my story as educational as possible because it's not really about me, but that is how we got here because I had SIBO probably since I was five, small intestine, bacterial overgrowth. Also, a new nomenclature is emerging called IMO, and that is intestinal methanogen overgrowth, and that's usually associated more with constipation. But if you have constipation diarrhea or alternating constipation diarrhea, bloating, 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 then this could be what is challenging you. And that's what challenged me since I was five when I got a couple of rounds of food poisoning, which is the number one underlying cause of IBS and SIBO. I want to say it from the mountaintops. Dr. Mark Pimentel at MAST program in the Pimentel Labs at Cedar sinai out in San Diego, California, has proven that IBS is most of the time caused by 
food poisoning, even if you were five and you have these problems now. So I just want that to soak in for a second because IBS in the past has been a diagnosis of exclusion, as you know, right? Like, oh, you don't have Crohn's, you don't have ulcerative colitis. Well, you have IBS. So here, take an antidepressant, have some Metamucil, see ya. And that is like one of the worst things, by the way, you could give advice on in terms of careful of the fiber. I know that's counterintuitive based on the way we've all been raised, but there are other things that can cause it. Mine was caused from food poisoning. And there's a test called the IBS smart blood test where you can actually see if you have the antibodies, which is a huge relief because once you figure out your underlying cause, which is a primary focus of my work, you can help work on resolving that. But SIBO can also be treated regardless of your underlying cause. You do need to know what type of gas you have, however. And there are uh, lactulose breath tests that you can take to find out if you have a methanogen producing gas producer, a hydrogen producer, these are a little overgrowth, right, in the small intestine, or hydrogen sulfide overgrowth. And uh, once you know what kind of overgrowth you have, it, you can customize your treatment for it. Okay. And when you said uh, methanogen, I think you mean my, like what I might know as like methane gas. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and, yep. and um, the other two were hydrogen and hydrogen sulfide and hydrogen sulfide. Okay. Now, and the other thing that you said uh, was uh, bloating, 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 which sounded like pain, pain, pain. Can be. Can is be that good. one of the primary symptoms that people it would is. It is, you know, some people who bloat don't have pain. Some people who have pain don't bloat, but bloating and pain are two of the most common symptoms for sure. And then the uh, irregular, if you will, bowel patterns. And like when you eat and then right after the meal, you bloat, you go to bed, your stomach's flat, you wake up in the morning, your stomach's flat, you eat breakfast and your stomach bloats. This is telltale signs of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth which happens when the migrating motor complex isn't working properly. And the migrating motor complex is the sweeping motion of food and bacteria and debris out of the small intestine. And when that works, you won't be so susceptible to overgrowth because it's sweeping it out. But when that's impacted from adhesions, endometriosis, antibodies from food poisoning, scleroderma, uh, opioid use, when that happens and that migrating motor complex is impaired, it's a recipe for SIBO. Now, not everyone who has adhesions has SIBO. Not everyone who's ever had food poisoning has SIBO, right? So, but for those of us, you, anybody who has, that could be your underlying cause. But that's just as important as what kind you have because the treatment is determined by the kind you have. And one other thing is that diet will manage your symptoms, but it will not cure your SIBO. Diet will manage your symptoms, but it will not cure your SIBO or your IBS. It's wonderful to manage your symptoms, however. But mm -hmm. there, you know, there are B vitamins and iron and rosacea and restless leg syndrome that all can be side effects from small intestine bacterial overgrowth. You really do want to get it addressed and under control as much as possible, because it does lead to, and I think more and more it will be discovered, it leads to other health conditions. Yeah. And you mentioned that you might be able to manage uh, symptoms a little bit, but does not cure it. Is there a cure? So that's a great question. You can get rid of SIBO. It depends on why you have it. 
So if you have it because you have scleroderma or endometriosis, which is pulling some of that tissue out of place and your migrating motor complex could still be working, but the tissue is out of physically the location to like help with the plumbing, then you might, that might not be able to be resolved, but you can still treat it and you can still drop the loads of gas. So a third of the people that have SIBO take one round of treatment. They're done. Bye. That you never hear from them again. It's awesome. Wow. There are other people that have maybe co-contributing factors like leaky gut, candida, vagus nerve impairment. Those might be, you know, reasons why it might take you a longer time. It also may be that you have high gas levels. So you have to do multiple rounds of treatment. So is it curable? For some people, yes. For some yeah. people, yes. Yeah. When you're talking about that, that neuromotor type sweeping, whatever it is, is that the Migrating same as- motor complex MMC baby? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> is that similar to like peristalsis and just yeah. gut action, moving things, motility I'm really glad, time? I'm really glad you asked. So it's think of it as a micro, this is a non-doctor talking here, micro peristalsis. It is micro motility, but gotcha. it's very, very important. Okay. Okay. I understand. And is that also because uh, I understand that constipation could be a common cause as well? Other, you know. Well, constipation doesn't cause SIBO. It now theoretically, like I think it doesn't help the situation and it could impact LIBO, large intestine bacterial overgrowth, because you really want to keep things moving. But the main focus is to address the bacterial overload and overgrowth and get those levels down. Dr. Pimentel, which it sounds like I'm a fan girl for, I, I am a big fan of his and I really like him and we're buddies, but um, like I'm not on his payroll or anything, <laughs> but I'm happy to shout this from the mountaintop. He's working on, I think he's going to find a cure in our lifetime, which I'm super excited about, but he is also has those breath tests, uh, the breath test that tests the three different uh, gases. So that breath test is called Trio Smart. The blood test that I talked about is called IBS Smart. There are other great breath testing labs um, like Aerodiagnostics. We love Quintron machines. And so at this time, right in the second, there's only one that tests for all three. And cool that you can order it on your own without a doctor's note, you know, doctor's prescription, you just need to reach out to the lab and they'll take you through the process. Okay. And I'm hopeful that maybe I can get um, any important links to some of these sources sure. and put them uh, below the video and below the podcast to, uh, so people have that one click. This is what you Love it. might Love help it. you. So thank you. Um, are there particular healthcare professionals that coach people through this? And if so, what kind and how does someone find one? That's a great question. Um, so whew, you one may have to rely on oneself educating their gastroenterologist. Do not ever let someone say, oh, I don't believe in it. It's not real. That is like not accurate. Challenge them to stay up to date with the, the literature, bring your own literature, bring the, the labs with you or the uh, studies with you. And also, if that's not a fit, go find another doctor. So naturopaths, uh, a lot of them are aware of it. A lot more now, thanks to DDW and these big conferences, Digestive Disease Week and these big conferences, which are um, seeing papers presented about SIBO, much, much more. I mean, but SIBO has been around, like go to PubMed, type in SIBO, you'll see from ages that it's been talked about. And then you'll see an uh, increase 
as the velocity and information has been growing through good works that it, it's been improving. But but absolutely validated studies that the lactulose breath test works, that it is real, that people with IBS and SIBO respond to certain antibiotics to help reduce the load. So, um, you know, you might want to, when but where the rubber hits the road is you're calling to make an appointment, ask at the front desk, do you all do SIBO breath tests? What lab do you use? D this is something that I'm concerned about. And if the, if they're like, yeah, then just keep, keep going through the yellow pages, so to speak, and find that doctor. Um, we have a list of speakers in our Facebook group, SIBO uh, SOS community. We have 25,000 people in there talking about this like nonstop 24 hours. And um, there that... are, are good people that are out there, but it's not, you know, it's not like H. pylori. It's not like super common, but we're hoping to change that. Is SIBO SOS, is that like an organization, a public website that people would go to and find? Yeah, okay. you can just come to my website, SIBO SOS, and there's tons of information there. Um, a, a guide for testing is my IBS SIBO. You can you can find it all there. Um, Dr. Allison Seebecker, one of my big colleagues and collaborators, she has an incredible site, SIBOinfo.com. And uh, we have courses on how to deal with your SIBO. If you're a pro, she has a SIBO pro course that is incredible. She's a world-renowned SIBO expert and teacher out at um, NUNM in Portland, Oregon. So we've got some resources that, that have just, you know, really sprouted up in the past three years. As a thank you for listening to the Dr. Haley Show, come visit us at HaleyNutrition.com and use the coupon code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, -S, through the end of June 2022. Wellness coupon will get you 7% off your purchase. Okay, one of the things I really want to uh, drive home here is uh, helping people understand the importance of doing this right. For instance, one of the things you mentioned was um, antibiotics. And some people will go to whether it's, you know, SIBO or, or parasites, and they just try to nuke the entire intestines, and they end up worse than they ever were before. Why is this so important? And tell us a little bit about how there are different ways of beating down the bacterial load without nuking. Right. I say the word nuke too. So it's funny that you say that. Um, okay, so the, this next conversation is about treatment. So we talked about diagnosis. Here comes treatment. Treatment can be done in one of three ways, and maybe you'll have to rotate it. And maybe you'll have to do a couple of them over again, because unlike UTIs, where you take an antibiotic and you hope in 14 days it's gone, this comes down in chunks, I call it. So it depends on how high your gas levels are. Okay, you can do the elemental diet. The elemental diet is literally a liquid diet that of powder and... Uh, elements, amino acids that you do for 17 days. And then you retest to see how much you drop the bacterial load. It is not a protein powder. Like, you know, you get a GNC nutrition or whatever. It's a very specific uh, matrix of amino acids. Now, previously they were really disgusting and they tasted like vomit, but some people like at integrative therapeutics and Dr. Michael Ruscio, there are a couple more um, that have made it palatable right? It's not the greatest tasting thing, but it's doable. This is the most efficient way to address the, reducing the bacterial overload, regardless of the kind of gas producers you have. It's also the most inconvenient. 
But I hear a lot of people say, oh, I wish I'd done this first because it was, you know, I'm done. So that's one way. And then the other ways are with antibiotics, primarily Zyfaxin or Rifaximin, which is the antibiotic that they treat traveler's diarrhea with. So it, it stays in the small intestine. It's quite a unique antibiotic. And if you have the hydrogen, you use this by itself. If you have the methane producers, then you use it in combination with either metronidazole or with nystatin, not nystatin, neomycin, the other N, neomycin. Um, and so, or sometimes you can use allicin, which is like Alimed, Alimax. Um, so those are the those are the primary ways. Then there's herbal. The third way is antimicrobials with herbs. To your point, do antimicrobial herbs impact the entire microbiome? Well, yes, but do they do that as much as typical antibiotics? Well, Rifaximin stays in the small intestine. So that's really cool. Uh, but it's when you get into the metronidazole and the neomycin where you have a larger spectrum of the microbiome that can be impacted. The um, antimicrobials are allicin, like Ali, uh, Max Pro or Alimed, which is the active ingredient in garlic. Don't just eat a garlic clove. You won't be happy. The Candybactin AR and BR have been studied. Oil of oregano. Um, let's see what else. Neem is handy, but it boosts the other herbs. It's really not usually strong enough on its own, but it is a great accelerator. And um, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top what, of my head. What about silver hydrosol? I know some people tell You know that. what? I don't think it's been studied. And I've asked Dr. Seebecker about this in the past, and we do multiple Q&As, and I know it's been asked about. And it was just not like a... Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it, it yeah. wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a huge response. Yeah, and I'm you know on the fence on these things too because you know, like you say, there's uh, only so much documentation. And again, you know, we it's our microbiome, and um, once it's damaged, it's hard to get back. Um, what about probiotics? Okay. So, but before that's what I was oh. going to say a few minutes ago. Doctor Pimentel has proven that because he and Dr. Ali Razai are mapping the small intestine, which is so cool. They actually developed a special scope so that it didn't get contaminated. It's fascinating. But he found that it's primarily E. coli and Klebsiella that is causing these microbiome disruptions. And that when they get reduced, the microbiome does come back into more homeostasis. Mm. So, the, and you know, it's a civilization in there, right? So it's very cool to see that it can recover on its own. Probiotics. Probiotics are a mixed bag. Some people take like Megaspore and they are transformed. Life is better. The birds are singing. It's blue skies. Other people take them and they, whatever the strains are. And some have been studied to help with IBS and with SIBO and they don't do as well. Mm -hmm. It it's really snowflake time. It's fingerprint time. It's your own personal microbiome. What is going on in there? So we do see, you know, we do talk about trying some and seeing how it goes. Dr. Seebecker's suggestion is, is once we go through all of that and you are doing great, she doesn't really like people to introduce probiotics at that time. She'd rather have it do it before so you don't mess things up. Mm. That being said, they're a miracle. I mean, really, they're a miracle. But you just have to be very careful and you have to be resilient enough and willing enough to keep trying them.
Yeah. And I, I realized like one of the uh, benefits of the probiotics is really creating the environment that is um, healthy for your microbiome. You know, there's uh, you have different pHs from the start to the end and and right. uh, different nutritional components and, and the bacteria play a role in establishing and creating that environment. Just like when you um, well, if anyone's ever made kombucha at home or something like that, you measure the pH of it and, and it continues to drop as more bacteria are creating a more acidic environment. And they thrive in that environment. And with um, uh, probiotics, if we wiped out your gut flora, you're no longer creating the environment that makes a healthy environment for the bacteria you want to flourish. So, um, so much things to balance and be careful and not mess it up. And I always say, if you're going to try to beat down your bacterial counts or your uh, parasites, be guided by a professional that Absolutely. truly, truly understands this. And that, I think that's why I said I know enough to be dangerous. You know, and and what I do know is enough to say, go to someone that really that treats really these things. Yeah. yeah, it's like cranial sacral therapy. You don't want to just go to a massage therapist that's going to hold your head. Like you really need to go to someone who's obsessed with it. Um, brain surgery, you know, that kind of thing. Like I want to go to someone who lives, eats, breathes, sleeps, drinks it. But what I also want to say is a story about me and Brene Brown. So. Well, I don't know her. Uh, I would love to. Um, I read, I, I bought her books, you know, Brene Brown, the shame researcher. I bought all these books and I gave them out to my friends and I, you know, had it on my nightstand. I, I really loved the ideas, but I never really read the book. Okay. I just like, I dig it. I saw your Ted talk. I saw you on Oprah. Cool. Love it. So I was on vacation and I was dealing with some difficulties and cracked the book open and really read it. And I was like, oh, 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 cool. This is so much better than I thought it was. And what I thought it was, wasn't it? It really was. And oh my gosh. Okay. So the reason I'm making that is that a lot of people think they know about SIBO <laughs> because they know a little bit. It is imperative that you find someone who knows the twists and turns and the next thing to do. Because if you do it out of order, you will set yourself back financially, time-wise, health-wise. Let me just quickly show you what we have called the SIBO Recovery Roadmap, which is the protocol that was originally created by Dr. Mark Pimentel, then Dr. Allison Seebecker, and Dr. Steven Sandberg-Lewis added to it. This is it. I mean, this is one version of it. So you think you have SIBO, test, do the diet simultaneously, choose a treatment. There are those three treatments I was just talking about, retest. And then uh, what's missing here was a typo in the book, my fault. Um, find out your underlying cause the whole time. Keep working on that. So if you do it like this, you will have a much higher chance of getting it done right within the first couple of times. And then to prevent relapse, to do a prokinetic, mm. something that stimulates the migrating motor complex because people say, Oh, SIBO, Oh, you'll never get rid of it. You're always relapsing. Those people typically are not doing properly the prokinetics. That is a big missing piece that so many people don't get right. Now, can the prokinetic be uh, an herbal as opposed to a medicinal yeah. or medical? Yeah, you can do ginger, but if you have a, a flat, uh, sort of a lax upper, what is it? Esophageal sphincter, lower like esophageal sphincter. Like a, 
Yeah, if you get like acid GERD. reflux, GERD, um, a lot of people can get uh, ginger burn. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot take ginger. It will just burn my esophagus. Mm-hmm. So um, some people take it. And it's like the best thing that's ever happened to them. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So ginger is a prokinetic. So uh, is Resilor, which is a pharmaceutical. Um, low-dose erythromycin is which is crazy. You're thinking, what? It's an antibiotic. Well, low dose, it does a beautiful job. They even use it in um, gastroparesis with slow stomach emptying. So there are a lot of options, a lot of options. Wow. Um, Well, you know, I I did promise you I'd keep you to the 30 minutes. Um, Let's give somebody some hope. What's a a story that you can think of, one of your favorites where uh, someone struggled for however long and they learned the what their problem was and got well. There's so many people that have got done this, uh, what you're talking about. Um, I mean, just to, I can think of Ramona. I can, I mean, there's so many people. So basically once you figure out what kind of gas you have, you go, it's literally, you go to the chart, you see the three treatments, you pick one, you do it, you retest, you do the, the prokinetic afterwards, see how you're doing. So what I want for people is to know it is treatable. You can have these symptoms in your rear view mirror where it's just not running your life. And keep in mind that you need to test. And here's why it mimics the same symptoms as parasites. It mimics the same symptoms as candida. It can even mimic the symptoms of ovarian cancer. So please get tested, empower yourself with this information, train your doctor if you need to, but answers are there. People do get better. I mean, Go to the Facebook group. There are tons of success stories, SIBO SOS. Um, and SOS has come to mean save ourselves. When I first started in 2016, I was like, someone save me, please. And then I realized we all have to save ourselves with a, gui- a guiding yeah. professional, yeah. with you empowered with as much information and some spa to be able to like, you know, carry on. But it does, it's, it's, it's not nothing, okay? I yeah. want to acknowledge that chronic conditions are something and a lot, but also want to acknowledge that a managed chronic condition can make you feel a hundred percent better than one that is left untreated. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Siobhan, one more. Um, how many, how popular, how common is SIBO? Um, it's approximate about a billion, approximately, give or take. That's a lot. It's a lot. So there's, there's probably a lot of people walking around with it, having but, problems and not realizing it. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes. And also if you abuse alcohol, um, that's common that they have SIBO. Um, there's just, there's just so many people who have it and it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. You have, you have the information now available to you. I mean, my heart breaks for people who, you know, back in the day had it and thought they were just losing it, their minds and their bodies. And, um, it was an overgrowth of bacteria. It's not an infection. It's just an overgrowth and it can be managed and, and also resolved. Siobhan, I want to thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to send you an email. If you could reply back to me with all of your favorite uh, links to your website, your YouTube channel, sources that you've, um, the the testing, um, sources that my listeners can go to to find out more and get pointed in the right direction, that would be awesome. We have it all in one place at SIBOSOS.com. So it's a quick, quick link click. You got it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on The Dr. Haley Show. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this. 
If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode on www.drhaley.com. If you want to geek out with Dr. Michael Haley on other radical health topics, be sure to check out his YouTube channel where he posts exclusive video content. All the details are at www.drhaley.com and we can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.